Mark chapter 16 is where we're going to begin. We're in week two of our series, Turning Point. Uh, as I told you, a turning point is, uh, is whenever you uh, have a dis- de- decisive change in your life, you change directions. It can be negative, it can be positive, but I believe God is wanting to bring some positive turning points in our life. Amen? And uh, as I mentioned last week, it's going to be, this series is a little bit more personal than, than normal because I'm going to share a personal story, how God has taken a scripture and has, uh, has given me revelation of it and how it's brought about a turning point in my life. So let's pray and let's jump right into it. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would just help me today, Lord, to share and to preach your word. God, I pray that you give us revelation knowledge as we hear your word today. And I thank you ahead of time, Father God, for the grace that is upon us, Lord, to go hard after you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Remember in John chapter 8 and verse uh, 31 and 32, Jesus said to those who believed in him, you're truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Knowledge of God's word has the ability to bring about a turning point in our life. Wouldn't you agree with that? You know, there's two words used in the Bible for the word of God. And one is the word logos and one is the word rhema. Logos is the written word of God. Rhema is a revealed or spoken word from God. It's one thing to have the written word, but it's another thing for God to speak his word to you first person, personally in your life. How many of you have ever had that experience where God has used the scripture to speak to your life? You know, as I was preparing this weekend, I got to thinking, I believe there's a lot of people in church that have never got a rhema from God. And a rhema is whenever God takes a word And he applies it to your personal situation and gives you an answer or speaks to you pertaining to what you're going through. In 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3 and verse 16, it says, All scripture is inspired by God and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Now, the word of God has the ability to put you on the right track. It has the ability to help you see the wrong path. It has the ability to correct you when you're getting off track. And it has the ability to train you to stay on the right track. Amen. The word of God is alive. It's living. And the power of the word of God has the ability to bring about a turning point in your life. Amen. The turning point comes whenever you can apply the word to your personal situation. Whenever you can apply the word to exactly what you're going through and what you're dealing with. The word of God is alive and it's meant to bring correction in our life. It's meant to rebuke us. You know what a rebuke is, huh? It's to say, no, don't do that. And that's what the word of God is meant to do. It's meant to correct us. It's meant to rebuke us. I wonder how many of us are on the wrong path because we haven't got a rhema from the word of God. We haven't been corrected, reproved or rebuked by the word of God. If we will take serious the word of God, the word of God will get us on the right path, keep us on the right path and help us live on the right path. Amen. So now let's get into the series. Remember last week uh, we talked about uh, about breakthroughs and how God gave me a revelation of prayer and fasting for a personal breakthrough. Well, today I want to start by telling you another story. Which uh, which relates to a breakthrough. You know, it wasn't long after I got saved. I think it was within the first year. Brother Francis and Miss Babs, they brought a man from Australia here to, to Lafayette. And uh, to, to uh, he was a single man. 
And, she, and they brought him here to uh, minister to the young people. And he started a singles Bible study. And he was at the Babin's house. And I went to the Bible study that night. And I uh, was just hungry for God, wanting more from God. And I was trying to quit going where I was used to going on Friday night. And so I went to the Bible study. And so David Patch was the guy's name. And he was teaching a Bible study. And he was preaching or teaching out of uh, this verse in Mark chapter 16 and verse 17 and 18. These signs will accompany those who have believed in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, David focused on verse 18, the latter part of verse 18. And David reminded us, uh, reminded us as believers that we can lay hands on the sick and pray for their healing. And he also reminded us that the power for healing was not in us, but it was really in God. And that healing was in God's power, not in our power. God was the power plan, and we were like the power line that all we did was be the vessel that God flowed his power through. Amen? And so, uh, and so he, he began to explain that. And as he ended the teaching that night, he asked us to pair up with a friend, with somebody that was there, and for us to just pray for one another. Well, this was new to me. I didn't know really hardly anything about the Bible. And so what happened was amazing. While I was praying with my friend and for my friend, I experienced something that day that was incredible. I felt like this hot oil come over my life, like this warmth that flooded my life that went straight through me. So we prayed for one another. And after it was over, I told my friend, I said, man, did you feel that? And he said, feel what? I said, man, you didn't feel that. And he said, well, what did you feel? And so I began to explain to him. I said, man, whenever I was praying for you, I don't know what happened, but I felt like hot oil, this warmth inside my soul came over me and I didn't know what was going on. So he just smiled at me. And he asked me this question. He said, Todd, have you ever spoken tongues? I said, I haven't even heard of tongues. And he said, he referred me back to the same passage of scripture that we've been studying. And he said, look in Mark chapter 16 and, and verse 17. He says, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out demons and they will speak in new tongues. And then he took the time to explain to me about tongues and about how believers can be baptized with the Holy Spirit and speak in new tongues, speak in other tongues. And after he explained it to me, he said, would you like to, would you like to receive that? I said, man, I'm a mess. I got so many problems. You ain't got enough time to hear about them. I need everything that God has for me. Yes, I want it. So we prayed that night and I got filled with the Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Now, that was, that was pretty amazing to me. But what happened after that was what really amazed me. I, you know, I had 11 years old. I started smoking pot, did drugs for 11 years, got saved when I was 22. Smoked pot a little bit after I got saved until God finally delivered me. But I had been high a lot of times. And I'm telling you, the high that I got when I got filled with the Spirit was a high like I never got on drugs, on cocaine or pills or anything else like that. You know, I don't know that they do this anymore, but when I was growing up, we used to cruise through the parks on Sunday. And when you cruise through the park, you kind of get low in your seat and kick up your hand over the steering wheel and you just low ride and enjoy the Sunday afternoon. Well, I'm telling you, whether it was Monday, Wednesday or Friday, I felt like low riding 24 seven. 
I felt intoxicated, man. I had so much peace in my life that I was blown away. It's like, man, this is incredible. Come on, you ever been there? You see, and all of a sudden, Mark chapter 16 and verse 17 became another turning point scripture in my life. And from that moment forward, what seemed like for months, I lived in a place called peace. I lived in a place called peace. And it seemed that nothing could get me out of that place. Nothing could get me out of that place of peace. Then the story don't end there. Then one day as I was working, I worked in the oil field at the time. I worked in the warehouse and I got jobs ready for the oil field for for rigs. I would get the job ready, send it out. I started going to a Bible study. Francis Boyk and Betty Joe, Mr. Aaron and Miss Louise, my in-laws were, they were going to that Tuesday night Bible study. And I started going to that Bible study. And I couldn't wait to get to the Bible study Tuesday night. And about 4.50, we got off at 5. My boss came into the warehouse and said, Todd, a job just came in. And we got to get it out tonight before we go home. Well, as soon as he told me I had to work late and I couldn't go to the Bible study, I lost my peace. Ever been there? I lost my peace. Peace vanished out of my life. And I went from being peaceful to being agitated, angry, uh, frustrated, and all, all the other emotions you can think about. Well, as it turned out, we were able to get the job out And I was able to make the Bible study anyway. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. But all the way to church, I pondered on the thought, God, why did I lose your peace? God, your peace. I've never felt any peace like that. I don't want to ever live without it. Why did I lose it? Well, it turns out while we were going to the Bible, when I got to the Bible study, the book that we were studying in the in the Bible that night was the book of Philippians. And as we were reading through the book of Philippians, we happened to come across this verse. Philippians chapter four and verse six. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Well, whenever I read that verse, peace came back into my life. Right at that moment, peace returned to my life. And then I thought, wow, this is amazing. And let me share with you what I believe God spoke to me at that moment As I read that verse, Todd, you don't have to allow your circumstances to steal your peace. Todd, you can maintain and live your life in a place of peace if you want to. said, oh, really? See, God revealed to me living in a place of peace can be a natural, normal part of life. Come on. Is anybody hearing me out there? I don't know if you heard me yet, so I'm going to say it again. Living in a place called peace can be a natural, normal place of life. Amen? Now, how many of you say, Todd, that's ridiculous right there. 
See, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 became another strong turning point scripture in my life. There was actually two in that story. Mark 16, 17, and then Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Now, the spiritual lesson I learned that day was this. You can live your life, you can live your life in the place of peace. Anybody interested? You don't have to allow every circumstance and situation to steal your peace. Let me ask you a question. How much does it take to steal your peace? How much does it take to steal your peace? Does any little circumstance get you worked up? Does any little situation get you irritated and aggravated to the point where you lose your peace? How much does it take? Listen to this verse, Proverbs 24, 10. If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. Let let me paraphrase that verse. If you lose your peace because of every little circumstance, your peace isn't strong enough. Amen? You can tell people's peace level whenever you're driving around town. You can tell people's peace level when they're getting waited on by a slow cashier at Walmart. They lose their Christianity. Amen. Come on, are y'all out there? What does it take to get you all irritated, aggravated, and lose your peace? Philippians 4, 6 in the New American Standard says, Be anxious for nothing. To be anxious means to be stressed, troubled, fretful, fearful, agitated, or worried about something. Be anxious for nothing. For nothing means absolutely nothing. No event, no incident, no circumstance, no episode that occurs in your life. Don't get worried, don't get fretful, don't get stressed, aggravated for nothing. So Paul was saying, don't let every little situation that you experience in life cause anxiety and peace to leave you. Don't get panicked about situations. Learn to live your life in peace. So the question is, what's bothering you today? What's stealing your peace today? What is it that's gnawing on the inside of you? What's causing you to lose the peace of God in your life? Listen, living in a place of peace is a gift available to every believer. How many of you are believers here today? I have good news for you. Living in the place of peace is a gift for every believer. Amen. Let me prove it to you. John 14 and 27. Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Now, that's pretty powerful. Peace is a supernatural gift that only God can give. That's really only available to believers, to Christians. Peace of mind and peace in your heart is a blessing of God, isn't it? When you have peace of mind and peace in your heart. You know, this week I was down at the jail and I heard this screaming. And I said, chap, what is that screaming I hear? I said, oh, that's somebody in the middle ward, in the middle part of the prison. What a terrible thing to be mentally tormented all the time. What a terrible thing to have stress and turmoil in your heart all the time. Peace is a blessing of God, isn't it, saints? The word peace in the Greek in the New Testament 
is the Hebrew equivalent of the word shalom in the Old Testament. Have you heard of that word? Shalom. You know that word shalom means to have wholeness, completeness, tranquility in the soul. Listen, that is unaffected by outward circumstances or pressures in life. Peace that is unaffected by circumstances and situations in life. Now, that's ridiculous. How can you have peace in every circumstance? Well, in the natural, you can't. But we're not talking about the natural. We're talking about the supernatural. Amen? We're talking about beyond the natural. God's supernatural gift allows you to have peace despite your circumstances. Man, I want to shout right now. Amen. Come on. You know, a classic example of this. Remember when Paul was in a prisoner and he was on a ship and he was getting headed, he was getting shipped to Crete where he was going to have to get, uh, go to trial. And they encountered this huge storm called a Northeasterner. And, um, and it looked like everybody on the ship was going to die. The storm was so great. It didn't like any, look like anybody was going to, life was going to get spared. I want to read a few verses here, but I want you to see this. In Acts chapter 27, verse 18, the next day as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives even though the ship will go down. For last night an angel of the, of, of God, of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage. For I believe God. It will be just as he said. But we will be shipwrecked on an island. Now, Paul was given supernatural peace in a situation where peace should have been nowhere in sight. I mean, they're in such a great storm. They're throwing cargo out. They're doing everything they can. The ship's starting to fall apart. Everything looks like, man, gloom and doom. And in the midst of this storm, a word from God comes and said, an angel comes to Paul and says, Paul, don't even be afraid. You're going to make it, buddy. And all of a sudden, Paul went from being in the storm of fear and, and, and fret and, and turmoil to have an incredible peace. How can that happen? The supernatural peace of God. Let me tell you another story. I was visiting with a family in the church over the holidays. And, and they were telling me this story about the fact that they lost a son. He was tragically killed. And they were telling me the story of that. And, you know, I remember a statement that the, the, the uh, father said, the husband said that, that just caught my ear. And he said, that day, whenever we were having the wake, and he said, I felt the presence of God, the peace of God, like I never felt in my entire life. In the midst of the darkest day of their life, he felt the presence and the peace of God in the greatest way he ever felt before. How can that happen? It's the peace that goes beyond circumstances. 
It's the peace that can transcend situations. Amen? It's supernatural. That's how. So Jesus was saying, listen, in John 14, in verse 1, Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Jesus was saying, you don't have to live your lives troubled. You can live your lives in a place of peace. Amen. Come on, are y'all catching this? Are y'all here? Are y'all receiving this today? I just have a feeling somebody in here has got turmoil going on in their life. Amen. And if they don't, by the time they get to where they leave and after they leave here, they might need some peace in their life as they travel on Ambassador Caffrey. So how do you get to that place of peace? Can I encourage you how? Let me give you five keys. Number one, continually seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, listen, Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be, don't get drunk with wine. Because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, the reality is people become drunks in trying to deal with the turmoil in their life by drinking wine. And then they get addicted and then it ruins their life. But listen, Paul says you don't have to rely on wine to cope with the stress and the fears and the turmoils of life. Instead, you can bank on and you can count on the Spirit of God. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled. Be filled is a present tense verb, which in the Greek denotes a continuous action. And it means to keep on being filled. To be filled and to keep on being filled. How many of you know, just like natural food, a meal today doesn't last forever. Those of you who have been fasting know exactly what I mean, right? But listen... We need to be filled every day. Amen. We must constantly and continually be filled with the spirit if we're going to maintain the place of peace. Listen, why is it that the littlest thing sometimes causes us to lose our place of peace? Why is it? Well, you know what? I believe it's because our flesh is controlling our emotions. You know, Kobe gave that word. I was like, wow, she's about to preach my sermon. Our flesh controls. Listen, I got revelation yesterday while I was studying for this sermon. I saw something I never saw before in the scripture. Why is it that the littlest things gets us all worked up? You know why I think it is? It's because our flesh, our emotions are controlled by our flesh and not by the spirit of God. Listen what Galatians 5.22 says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. So listen, our emotions will either be controlled by our flesh or our emotions will be controlled by God's Spirit. I won't take the time there, but if you look at Galatians 5.19, which is the fruit of the flesh, you will see envy, you will see jealousy, you'll see outburst of anger. What is that? Emotion? And when you're led by the flesh, you're going to have all these negative emotions bursting out of your life. But whenever you're flowing and you're controlled by the Spirit of God, you're going to have the fruit of the Spirit. Negative emotions like fear, worry, fretting, frustration, impatience are the byproducts of our flesh controlling our lives. But peace is a result of our emotions being controlled By the Spirit of God. Isn't that good news? Isn't that encouraging? 
So listen, you say, am I being led by the flesh or the spirit? How's your emotional life? Is it always in the negative? Or is it hanging out with the fruits of the spirit? Galatians 5.22 in the, in the New Living Translation says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, and peace. Peace is a byproduct of what? The Holy Spirit. Peace is a byproduct. So if I'm going to live a peaceful life, I need the Spirit of God flowing and operating in me in a great way. Amen? Remember the story I told you that as soon as I got filled with the Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, that all of a sudden I felt a peace like I never had. I believe for the first time, the Spirit of God overcame my negative emotions. I had never experienced that. But at that moment, when the rush of God's Spirit came into my life, it totally overwhelmed my emotional life. And all I could sense and feel was joy and peace. And man, I'm telling you, right after that, listen, right after that, I got a call in the middle of the night. One of my supervisors called me up and said, Todd, that job you just sent out just a few days ago, the rig just called me and they said you sent the wrong thing and you got the rig shut down and it's costing them thousands of dollars. And man, I can't believe you did that. I don't know if you're going to have a job tomorrow. And all of a sudden, this wave of peace came over me. If I sent the wrong job, I didn't do it on purpose. I did the best job that I could. But all of a sudden, this peace came over me. You know what the reality was? I didn't send the wrong job. I sent the right job, the exact job they ordered. They had made the mistake over there. But I noticed something. Now I had peace. That even the threat of losing my job didn't upset. When the Holy Spirit comes in your life, You're going to have peace like you never had before. Amen. So let me encourage you this morning to seek to be filled with the spirit every day. And if you've never been baptized with the spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Some people will tell you that it's not for everybody. Well, I believe it's for everybody. And I don't have time to go into that. But Brother Francis wrote a a really neat little book years ago called The Spirit in You. Because he had been taught contrary to it. And so, Brother Francis, with your permission, we're going to make those available today. So they're on the back table. If you've never been spirit-filled, you want to know more about it, I encourage you to get the book. The Spirit of God will bring peace in your life. Key number two is living a peaceful life is to search for a rhema word from the Bible. Remember, a rhema word is that written word. It's not the written word, but it's the spoken word of God. It's the revealed word of God. How many of you know God's word is amazing? It's amazing. Hebrews 4 to us is the word of God is alive, powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So let me paraphrase that. The word, the scripture that God speaks and applies to the heart and circumstance in our life is amazingly powerful. And so listen, God, God didn't give us the Bible just to increase our knowledge. He gave us the Bible to transform our lives. So when you read the Bible, don't just read for knowledge, read for transformation. Amen. When God spoke that scripture in Philippians 4, 6 to me, and I applied it to my situation, that's what brought a turnaround in my life. 
God's word broke anxiety off my life. That's the power of God's word. So I want to encourage you to go on a treasure hunt every day. When you read your Bible, go on a treasure hunt. Amen. Ask God to give you a rhema word. You going through something, you're dealing with something that nobody else in the world knows about. Start reading your Bible and ask God to speak to you where you are right now. And whenever God gives you that word, it's not going to happen every day. I'm telling you, whenever I started listing the different scriptures, there's not, you know, I can't do this series for 52 weeks. But you know what? When God gives you a rhema word, I'm telling you, you'll never forget that scripture. You'll never forget that word. You'll be able to find it. If you could find one scripture in the Bible, you'll find that one because it'll be a turning point in your life. Amen. Key number three to living a peaceful life is learning to hear and obey the voice of God. See, not only does God speak through his word, but he also speaks through his spirit. He speaks through his voice. John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them. They follow me. How many of you know you can hear the voice of God? You know, but listen, I think that a lot of Christians live so disconnected from God that they don't hear the voice of God. They have no knowledge that there's a voice of heaven. They're hearing so many other voices that they don't hear the voice of God. To hear the voice of God, you got to spend time with the shepherd. you got to spend time in the presence of God. And then you will begin to hear the voice of God. But when you hear the voice of God, one word from God can totally rock your life, can transform your life. Like Paul, whenever he was in that in that place, in that ship, in that northeasterner, and he felt like he was about to lose his life. When that angel came to him and spoke that word, and that's what changed, that's what made the difference. You know, today God speaks through his spirit. And I want to encourage you, don't serve a dead God. Don't serve a dead. Don't serve. The Bible says that the, the Old Testament Israel, they, they served a God. They served idols who had ears that didn't hear, who had a mouth that didn't speak. I'm telling you, the God that we serve has ears to hear and a mouth that speaks. Amen. Are y'all with me? Come on. Don't settle for that casual Christianity, man. Jump all the way in the game and work out your salvation and get intimately with God and God's going to change your life. Amen. The fourth key to living a peaceful life is developing a habit of praying about your problems. You know, the more we learn to bring our burdens and problems to God, more peace we'll enjoy. Isn't that true? Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So Paul says two things we must do to have perfect peace. One, don't worry about anything. Worry is thinking about meditating on negative things. It's meditation on the wrong things, on the negative things. That's how we get worried. So Paul said, don't allow your mind to dwell there. In verse verse 8 and, and 9, Paul said, fix your thoughts on what's true, honorable, right, and pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent, worthy of praise. Then the God of peace will be with you. So first of all, he says, we need to, uh, we need to not worry about anything. The second thing he says is pray about everything. Don't we need, do we need to pray about everything? Well, Paul said, pray about everything. You know, there's three types of prayers in the world. There's people that pray about nothing. They do it on their own. There's people that pray about some things. Just the big problems. It's probably about 90% of Christianity. And then there's people that pray about everything. 
They learn to depend upon God. And if we really want to live in the place of peace, we got to quit dragging around our problems and thinking we got to carry with them everywhere we go. First Peter said, cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. Throw them on him. Give them to him. And I, I'm convinced that I carry way too much. And I don't pray about enough. And then whenever I pray about it, I say, God, I'm going to hold this problem, okay? I'm going to hold these burdens. I'm just going to tell you about them, okay? I got all these problems in my life. Just want to make sure you knew about them. And I'm going to carry them around a while. I just want to make sure that you know, man, I'm carrying a lot of weight. The Lord said, why do you want to carry around that stuff? Why don't you just hand it over to me? It'll be easier for you if you just let me carry that. Come on, are y'all out there? Come on, we got to learn to bring our problems to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Somebody said, there's nothing too great for God's power. And there's nothing too small for God's care. If it's messing with our peace, it matters to God. So we got to learn to bring our problems to God. And finally, number five. To live a life of peace, you got to get your life right with God. How many of you know that you can't enjoy the peace of God until you make peace with God? See, God's the peace of God comes in our life when we get right with God. When we get whenever we make peace with God, then we get the peace of God. But so sometimes we think, well, I'm just going to go to church and I'm hoping I can get peace. It ain't going to work. You got to make peace with God. You got to get right with God. You see, God knows whether you're right or not. Everybody else, you might be able to fool everybody else, but God knows. Listen to what he said in John 14, 27. He said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. The peace I give to you is a gift the world cannot give. Only God can give you the peace we're talking about. See, listen to this verse, Isaiah 57, 21. There is no peace for the wicked. There's no peace. You see, Ephesians chapter 1 says, whenever you're not right with God, there's an inner turmoil in your life. There's constant turmoil. Listen to this, Jeremiah 8.15. We hoped for peace, but no peace came. We hoped for a time of healing, but found only terror. Listen, those of you who are married, don't you know that, man, it's hard to have peace whenever you're not at peace with your spouse. Peace is a lot easier to come by whenever you're getting along with your husband or your wife. Come on, can I get a witness from the, those that are married? Listen, those of you who are young, not married, and your children living in a household, isn't it a lot more peaceful whenever you write with your parents? But whenever it ain't right with the parents, it's hard to have peace, right? When you hear cabinet doors slamming and, you, and no, no food on the stove, and, you know, it's just like, oh, what's going on? No peace. No peace. In the house. Listen, there's no peace in your life till you get right with God. Amen. Would you stand with me? Let's close in prayer. Would you begin to pray right now? This is a sober time, a really important time in the service. If you're here today and you say, Todd, I don't know that I'm at peace with God. See, until you ask the Lord to forgive your sins and you ask him to to get your heart right, 
You're not going to experience the peace. If you hear today and say, Todd, would you pray for me? I want to make sure that I'm at peace with God, that I'm not I'm not facing the hostility of the Lord. I want peace with God. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand. I believe God is going to change some people's lives. It's going to be a turning point in your life. Just raise your hand. Just raise it high. Don't be ashamed. Don't be bashful. If you can't raise your hand and acknowledge it right here in the service, then you'll never do it otherwise. If you need to get right with God, you need to get your heart. Maybe you're backslidden. You say, I need to get right with God. Raise your hand. Raise it high. Don't be bashful. Don't be, don't let the enemy just to make you rob you of what God has for you. Listen, those of you that have your hands raised, I want you to raise your head now and look up here at me. If God's tugging at your heart, just slip right out. Just slip right out and come to the front right now. Just come to the, come to the the front. Say, Ty, why do I need to come to the front? The Bible says that repentance means turning around. You just say, I want to be right with God. Just come on. Just come on. There you go. Just come on right now. It's time to get right with God. If you're, if you're not sure that you're right with God, if you're not sure that you're a Christian, if you're not sure, if you've been backslidden in your heart, you need to get right with God. Come on, pray with me that the Spirit of God will just draw. I know this, that God will meet you right where you are and God will get your heart right in a moment, in a flash, in an instant. Everything will turn around. Amen? Come on. If, come on. God's working in your heart right now. Just don't, don't deny it. Just let God just move on you right now. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now, if you've got a lot of turmoil in your life and you got a lot of fear in your life you got a lot of fret in your life if you got a lot of a lot of worry in your life if that's you i want you to just raise your hands right now and i want you to just acknowledge that to god i want to pray for you right now that god's peace is going to begin to come in like an like an umpire that he's going to begin to cause your life to be at peace right now come on let's pray together those of you that are up here just pray this prayer say lord jesus come on let's everybody pray together lord jesus thank you for dying for me thank you for shedding your blood for me Lord Jesus, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that you've given me to have peace. Lord, I'm sorry for every sin. I ask you to forgive me. I want to be right with you. I want to be at peace with you. Lord Jesus, would you help me change my heart? Give me a new heart today and help me, Lord, to live for you. I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Now let's ask Him for the gift of peace. Saved or unsaved, let's ask Him to give us a deeper peace. That one person turning in the front of us in traffic won't cause us to lose our peace. Come on, let's ask Him to give us a deep well, a peace that abides in our heart. That causes us not to live in fear or turmoil. That our emotions are controlled by the Spirit. Father God, I thank you and I praise you. That Lord, the Spirit of God is breaking the power of the flesh right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you Lord. The stronghold, Lord, of the flesh of our emotions is breaking right now. And fear and fret and anxiety and worry and turmoil is breaking. Trouble is leaving. And the peace of God is flooding every heart and every life tonight. Thank you Lord for being the Prince of Peace. Thank you, God, for filling us with the gift of peace today. In the mighty and in the strong name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody that agreed shouted and said, Amen. And Amen. 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 One last thing before you go. If you desire to be filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I want to lay hands on you. If you want, if you want me to pray for you, just come up as everybody leaves and I want to pray for you because I want you to get that benefit of that gift. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a great day.